I do quite a lot of running. Uh, a member of the congregation was uh, kind enough to say that I was like an orange flash passing by once. Uh, my family think I'm more like a slow-moving grey cloud these days. One of the wonderful things about running is running in different places. I think my favourite place to run in the whole world is Frinton-on-Sea Beach. The sand is beautifully flat, it's just firm enough and you can run for miles. It's a brilliant place to run. The thing is, where you choose to run has a big impact on how the run goes. If you're running on a treadmill, it's much easier on the joints. If you're running on hard surfaces, it's much harder on the joints. And if you're running in something like soft sand, we can all remember just how hard work that is, just how difficult it is to make any progress at all. The terrain we're running and the terrain we're walking through has a huge impact on how the run or the walk goes. I think that's where we are at the moment. Our time is difficult. Uh, the terrain we're running across walking through is also challenging. Like that soft sand, many of us feel that we're working really, really hard and not making much progress. It feels we're not really going anywhere. These are testing times. Our passage this morning talks about a really testing time that Jesus faced. He's just been baptised in the Jordan. He was full of the Holy Spirit. The Father had said publicly just how pleased he was with the Son. And then we're told the Spirit drove him into the desert to be tested. It's a wilderness experience of 40 days and nights of fasting, of seeking the Lord. And it's that difference between being tested and being tempted. Let me explain. The first question is really, will you trust me to provide? That's what the Father is asking Jesus. Will you trust me to provide? That's the test. The temptation from the enemy, the temptation is to take things into your own hands. The local stones in the Judean wilderness, in the desert there, look very like the local loaves. And the enemy is just saying, if, 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 he's needling Jesus, if you really are who you say you are, just, you know, just turn one of these stones into the bread it looks like. No one will ever know. Who's going to be harmed by this? No harm, no foul. Who's, who's ever going to know? So the test is, will you trust me to provide? The temptation is to take matters into his own hands. And Jesus answers the temptation, passes the test, by going back to the experience of the people of Israel in the wilderness. He quotes from Deuteronomy 8.3. He talks about um, the Father humbling themselves in the desert so that they would trust him. That he caused them to hunger and then he fed them with manna. So Jesus is saying, you know, man does not live on bread alone. He lives on every word that pours forth from the mouth of God. He goes back to that experience and stands on it and says, the Father will feed me as he fed his children in the wilderness with manna. Even though it seems impossible, I can trust the Father to feed me and I trust that actually man does not live on bread alone, but on the words that pour forth from the mouth of God. So he passes the first test. He resists the first temptation 
to take matters into his own hands and seize a stone and make it into bread. Why does that matter, you're thinking? Well, because when he came in the incarnation, he embraced that humanity to the uttermost. He laid aside his divine power to become one of us. And in that place, he has to trust the Holy Spirit, as we have to trust the Holy Spirit. He had to trust the Holy Spirit to come and work through him. So in that place, in that temptation, he is being invited out of those boundaries. He's been invited to repudiate being human and to take matters into his own hands. That's the first test. Will you trust me to provide? The temptation is to take matters into his own hands and he passes the test. The second test is, will you trust my purpose? And the temptation is to short circuit it all. The enemy uh, basically says to Jesus, look, the Father's purpose is that only you suffer. We can do it a different way, he says. You know, I can give you everything that's been given to me and I can give it to you. That's why you came. It's just only you need to suffer, but this is a much easier road. This is a much easier way to get to what the Father wants you to win. Jesus simply, again, stands on the story of the people in the wilderness. There, um, from Deuteronomy 6, he quotes a speech that's given by Moses, a sermon that's given by Moses, instructions as the people of Israel about finally to enter the land of promise. And the one thing, the one thing he emphasises above all else, Moses, is that they have to fear the Lord, they have to trust him. That's the only way they come into the land of promise. That's the only way they come into their inheritance. And of course, Jesus remembers that the kingdoms of the world were not given to the enemy. They were lost to the enemy through sin. So in that moment, he takes his stand and says, yes, I will trust your promise, Father. I will trust it, even though the way ahead is really, really difficult. And I will remember as I, as I stand here or as I'm on flat on my face praying before you in the desert, I will remember that the only way to enter into my inheritance, for others to enter into my inheritance as well, is for me to do this your way and your way alone. He again passes the test. The third test is to trust God's path. If he has to trust God's provision, if he has to trust God's purpose, he also has to trust God's path. The devil in, uh, invites him to go to the top of the temple and to throw himself down. Why? The devil even quotes scripture at Jesus. He says, look, you know, this is a promise in the scriptures. You know, if you follow through on this again, people will adore you. They'll think, wow, what an amazing miracle worker. They'll listen to what you say. Of course, the, sto the stories in the gospel show is that however many miracles Jesus did, many of the people didn't listen. But in this moment, the temptation is to short-circuit it all, to stage a publicity stunt, to become a hero, a superhero, and everyone will flock to him. Again, the challenge is, the test is, will you trust my path, even if it goes to the cross? Even if it's harder and longer, will you trust my path? And again, Jesus refers to the story in the wilderness. 
Here he restores, refers to the story of when uh, the people were asking, is the Lord among us or not? Even though they'd seen all those wonders in Egypt, even though they'd come through the Red Sea, even though they'd seen God's provision over and over again, they were grumbling about against Moses and they were saying, is the Lord among us or not? Come on, Moses, show us. They were also demanding a sign. They were also demanding a stunt. And Jesus remembers in that moment just how offended the Lord was and how offended the Lord was by Moses when he struck water from the rock with his staff rather than called it forth. He made it about himself. He made it about his anger, his ability to work this wonder rather than the Father's ability to do that. So again, the temptation is uh, to, to seize control, not to walk the Father's path. I'm, remembered, I'm reminded often uh, by a wonderful river we saw near a retreat house in Wales. It's incredibly windy. It takes forever to get there. And yet, and yet that is the quickest way for water to get from A to B. It doesn't look like it, but it's the quickest, surest way for water to get from A to B. And again, Jesus, remembering that story, simply says no. I will trust God's path. What's the purpose of the testing? What's the purpose of the testing? We know when he's baptised, he's filled with the Spirit. At the end of the story, we're told he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then he begins his work of proclaiming the kingdom in word and deed. He is tested. He is proven in the wilderness. His refusal to do anything other than what the Father asks and to trust in the power of the Spirit is proven in the wilderness. In these lockdown days, which feel a little bit like a wilderness, when we're, when we're finding that we're walking or running over really difficult ground and many of us are feeling like we're just pushing through deep, soft sand and we're really not getting anywhere. We need to learn from this experience of wilderness because Jesus in it is tested, he's proved, and he goes from being full of the Spirit to being empowered and released into the remarkable ministry that still touches and challenges and galvanises the world even today. So what does all this mean for us today? The first thing is, I think we need to seek the empowerment of the Spirit. What sustained Jesus in the wilderness was that sense of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. As I've said a number of times from 2 Corinthians 1, we need to be comforted people if we're to comfort others, and therefore we have to seek that comfort from God. You also need to seek, I think, a fresh empowerment of his love, a fresh empowerment of his strength and his courage. These are things that the Lord longs to give and we need to ask for them and we need to keep asking for them. My own experience is that some days that God feels much closer than others, but I've often been uh, filled with the Spirit during these days. I know that I need it. These are hard times. And I know that I need to be empowered so that I can give strength and courage to others. It's true for you, true for your household, true for your colleagues, true for your friends and family. Seek the comfort, the grace, the love and the courage that you need to be empowered for these wilderness days. 
and particularly if you feel you are wallowing through soft sand, please ask for strength from the Holy Spirit and please ask others to pray for you. I've often been conscious that other people are praying for me. I've seen significant changes when I've asked other people to pray for me. So please make sure you're doing that through your prayer sixes, through your small groups, through your networks. Please ask others to pray for you. The second thing I think we often learn through times of testing is confidence. Honestly, most of the spiritual lessons I've learned as a Christian, as a minister, I've learned in really difficult times. If you'd given me the option, I would have chosen not to have stood the test and not to have learned the lesson. But there you go. I can see how God has grown me through them, grown me in my confidence in Him, my confidence in myself, my confidence in His calling. That's, I think, the opportunity of these difficult times whether we feel like we're wallowing through sand or we're, we're running on jarring pavements, if it's difficult, there are still opportunities to grow in Christ at this time. So I guess that's the question, what am I learning? I think we're inviting you to, to record testimonies over coming weeks of what I am learning in this time. It might just be, actually, I've learned to cook banana bread. Erica was very, very passionate about that in our staff meeting recently. But what are the spiritual lessons that you are learning? How are you growing in confidence in God and confidence that God can use even someone like you? Even Jesus was invited to doubt himself by the enemy, if, if, if you are the Son of God. What can come out of a time like this is a, a sense of assurance that we know who we are in God. That's the opportunity. I think that's how the Lord wants to grow us in this opportunity. And the third thing I think we learn through being tested, we learn courage. We learn courage. We learn that we can step into difficult situations, know that God will be with us in them, know that we will be grown in and through them and that we will come out the other side, that we will experience what Jesus experiences here. He goes into the wilderness full of the Spirit, he returns in the power of the Spirit and all kinds of wonderful kingdom things start to kick off. The testing time, the wilderness time, is a really important time in the life of Jesus. This testing time can be a really important time in our walk of faith as well. We can go from that place of being full of the Spirit, comforted by God, to, uh, to the place where we are actually able to, to work, walk in the power of the Spirit. We can see kingdom things happening in and through and around us, in our church, in our community, in our workplaces, our households. That's the opportunity of a time like this. But it comes through testing. It comes through being empowered. It comes through growing in confidence and it comes through growing in courage. What's the opportunity that the Lord is wanting to grow you in at the moment? What's your testimony? What am I learning? It might just be about banana bread, that's lovely, but it might be about growing with faith. It might be about praying with passion. It might be about how God is speaking to you for others. All kinds of things could be happening. So what's the opportunity that the Lord is pursuing in you in these testing times? I often remember, you, you see those photos of Premier League footballers towing a massive weight behind them when they're training. They're training so that when that weight isn't there, they can run with even greater passion and purpose. So how is the Lord growing you in this time? And feel the excitement of that. 
that even in these difficult times we are being grown for the future and we're growing for being fruitful right now. So that testimony idea, that video testimony, what am I learning during this time? How is the Lord growing me?